welcome to Headway Palaver. This podcast sails on empathy and is headway to no particular destination. However, on this journey, we find ourselves in conversation simply out of necessity, if not for entertainment. And sometimes we try to structure those conversations in a way that we ensure some sort of productive outcome. Um, Hopefully this will be one of those times. In particular, um, I'm going to finally try to record um, this episode, which will uh, be about art on a budget. Uh, My dear sister uh, recommended this art topic uh, very, very early on when I was just announcing that I had the uh, interest in pursuing a podcast production. And I'm eternally grateful for this idea because one of those ones that if I thought of, I'd probably be like, oh, it's probably not good enough to think about. Um, but, you know, if somebody else recommends it, I mean, we, you can't reject that, you know what I mean? So here I am. I've spoken about this a few times in preparation for this take, and my goal is to just kind of streamline um, how I go about a- approaching this conversation. And I think I've landed on a pretty good set of ideas. When thinking about art on a budget, people often ask, well, what are the best supplies for, you know, my, you know, my, my budget, my, my, my range of values that I have given you based on, you know, what I think I can afford because I'm trying to make X, Y, or Z. And X, Y, or Z could be, man, it could be anything. You know, people can ask about how do you do, how do you do glass blowing on a budget? Well, first of all, you don't really, (laughs) you just don't. And that's kind of the point, right? So there are some facets of art, some techniques, some procedures, some materials um, that are just inaccessible without a good amount of money spent. You know, we're talking things like glass. We're talking things like, um, you know, large-scale pottery. Um, We're talking about, you know, fibers. Oh, for God's sake, if you want some, you know, especially if you're making wearable fibers. Um, Shoo! (laughs) That gets expensive if you want it to be comfortable and well-made. Because for it to be well made, you got to make it a bunch of times to learn how to do it right. You know, you know, it's a, it's a lot. It gets a it, things become a lot very quickly in art if you're not careful. And I think this comes from a lot of different paths kind of converging all at once. And I think some to me, mind you, to me, I find that the most important one. Uh, that I think has caused this kind of question to to need to be asked, um, like how do I do what do with what I can afford, is this idea that you know certain forms of art are more valuable than others, and you know I just don't think that's very true. Um, you can let it be true if you want it to be, 
you know, no, 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 no. Oil paint is by far the superior form of painting. It's 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 the most vibrant. It's the most blah blah. You look at history. It's mostly oil paintings, and and then the people will come in. Well, actually, tempera paint was actually quite uh, prominent as well in various forms. You know, egg and casein and blah 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 blah. Irrelevant. It's all just opinions, right? <laughs> and we are fortunate to exist right now where the art movement is kind of dead. Like the concept of, like what art movement are we in? Like the meme revolution? You know, like the Hobby Lobby finanza? I don't know, I'm not sure if finanza is a word. But, you know, get my point. You know, we're not really in one. We're kind of in this like self-referential stage as artists where oh, like the main question is like, why paint? You know, why why draw in the wake of AI? You know, why... Why do any of this in the wake of, you know, before it was the, the wake of digital. Oh, will, will the iPad kill the, you know, the oil painter? No. Will the AI artist kill the traditional artist? No. It'll just create a new facet. Anyway, back on topic. Back on topic. Destigmatize how you value materials. Um, do not be fooled. Student grade artwork versus professional grade artwork uh artwork not that's not the right word material that's the word i'm looking for student grade materials versus artist grade materials listen dudes and dudettes and beyond that is crap <laughs> it's just well no 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 the professionals like this viscosity more or the professionals like this kind of oil more well who's who are they who said that? Who said that? I'm sure there's an answer. Here's the thing. I'm not I'm not rejecting that there's an answer to this. I'm rejecting that anybody can cite the answer and can prove to me that it's not a bunch of opinions, right? It's really just that. Art is inherently subjective. Let me reference the beauty that is the Dada movement. If you've never heard of the Dada movement of the early 19th, uh, 1900s, that is, 20th century, do yourself a favor. In particular, look up a man named Marcel Duchamp, not technically the founder of the Dada movement, but definitely the one that made it what it is. Homie was so pissed off about the art world and how elitist and you know easily triggered they were that he was like, you know what, man, you know what, I'm just going to rip a, I don't know if he bought it or took it or whatever. He's like, I'm going to get me a urinal. I'm going to sign it with a fake name. I'm going to put it on a pedestal and I'm going to submit it to an art gallery. I'm going to call it the fountain or fountain. I think it's just called. And he did it and people loved it much to his dismay. Cause again, he wanted to make them upset, <laughs> but he did it. Uh, people accepted it. It's art. Oh, it's a statement. And they drew their own connections. Right? So don't worry about all that. It's never going to be what you want it to be from the reception end. So if you're approaching it like that, which I, I'm sorry to suggest, but I assume you are, especially if you're new at art it's kind of a hard thing to overcome the the fear of you know people being like well that's not very good you know or that's oh that's amazing i would very much like to see that you know we want to hear that so we're like well what's going to get me that oil paint clay glass you know woodworking fibers etc um hey guess what if you're new at art you're gonna suck at those things anyway unless you're like gifted and you're like just super genius at embroidery for some reason good for you I'm going to assume your name is Loris. Good for you, Loris. 
and I'm glad you're just good at it. A lot of us struggle with, uh, with those kinds of techniques and materials, and especially because, again, the topic, it destroys your bank account, especially if you're really needing a budget, like a, a budget with a capital B. Stuff like that gets really expensive. So let's talk about some kinds of creativity builders that we can think about that don't require expensive materials. And I mean, think about how cheap crayons are. Everybody thinks of crayons. Oh, you mean those things I used with my coloring books when I was a child? No. I mean those collections of wax that are extremely valuable. Listen, people are, people, let me, like, let me illustrate something for you. People throw crayons away when they break in half. They do the same thing with pencils. They blow your mind. You can just still use them. If you break a pencil, sharpen the ends that got broken and you got more pencil. It's like technically a little bit less graphite, but you got more pencils now by definition. Same thing with crayons. Just peel that little paper away where it broke. You just got a crayon. Sure, it's a little, you know, a little, little messed up. A little scr scrub the crap out of it on a random piece of paper for a second. It's fixed, right? Buy crayons. They go forever. Buy the cheapest colored pencils you can find. You know, if they're not rubbing out super good, look up the look up the Vaseline technique. You know, you put a little Vaseline on there, it gets, you know, really deep, vibrant colors from really cheap Crayola uh, colored pencils. You know, if you if you wanted to feel bougie, get the cheapest Prisma color ones. You know what I mean? But that's the thing. Just draw, just paint. If you have to buy the super cheap Crayola watercolors that come in those little plastic things with the like the you know quarter inch thick cakes that <laughs> are definitely going to mix together because you're going to get impatient and not clean the brushes all the way I'll just clean the cakes off after anyway anyway sidetracked again for real don't don't let it get stigmatized be like Marcel Duchamp make art be creative find out what you can buy and use it you know there's a there's a lot of people out there um, that will never be able to afford a lot of the materials that I've made reference to in these last 10 minutes. But I would still work my butt off to encourage them to create regardless. Create, 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 create. Just draw or something. Even if, man, even if all you can find is a nice patch of dirt and a stick. Go draw a picture. Because it's better to treat your brain like a muscle. Okay, so context, your brain is an organ, but it behaves like a muscle. You know, your muscles, you, you lift weights. So the heavier the weights get, technically the stronger you are. So you work them out until you're, you know, super good at doing these ones. And then you go up and then you go up and you go up and you get stronger and stronger and stronger. Do the same thing with art. I'm telling you, your brain is an organ, but it behaves like a muscle. Creativity specifically behaves like a muscle. The more you utilize it, and the more various ways you utilize it, the more it's going to work, right? So it's kind of like the food thing. Don't be picky with your food, because someday you're just going to be really hungry. And if you spent 20 years just hating broccoli, but broccoli's all you got to eat, you don't have to eat that broccoli. So make that experience less painful by, you know, you know, diversifying your palate, trying to figure out ways to like broccoli, learn to appreciate broccoli, 
I had to do this. That's why I'm referencing it, man. Some of you are out here blessed just liking broccoli from day one. But some of us got to go through the struggle. If you are fortunate enough, fortunate enough to have access to anything that makes a mark, anything that makes a sound, then you can make visual art or you can make auditory art, i.e. music. <laughs> you know, I think about those viral videos of street performers with a collection of buckets they either found on the side of the road or bought from Home Depot or whatever. And they're banging it with PVC pipes. They're banging PVC pipe with other PVC pipe. And they're making percussive music. And people flock around just magnified by what they perceived was the impossibility of the situation. Well, that's not a drum kit. So how are they going to play the drums? Have you heard of ham boning? You can, you, can, you can play the drums with your body. You know what I mean? They're called the drums because... We decided that that specific set of shapes and materials is what you call a drum. But there are drum-like things like buckets and PVC pipes. Springs. You ever put your ear up to a spring, stretch it out, and flicked it? Well, if you haven't, try it. Do the same thing with a high-tension cable wire. Flick it real good, and then boom. You've just discovered a uh, method of creating many, many sound effects that you've heard in popular media i'm pretty sure star wars is the most uh famous example the blaster sound i'm pretty sure comes from that or maybe one of the ship sounds regardless it happens right so but somebody had to stick their ear up against a high tension metal wire and pluck it with their finger to to discover that oh wow that could be used as an art making technique right so if you're on an extreme budget forget about all those materials now if you're but I really want to make oil paintings. I want to do portraiture. I want to do landscape paintings. Well, I hope that opportunity arises for you. But there are things you could be doing in the meantime to prepare you for that. Like, especially if you're going to paint portraiture, you got to learn how to draw portraiture. If you can't draw real good, it's going to be real hard to paint real good. <laughs> That's something I didn't want to accept uh, and one of the main reasons I shift shifted away from oil painting I like to do loose automaticism abstract drawing I don't like to sit down and do grids and you know do the you know measuring thing I don't like to do still lifes I don't I can I just don't enjoy it you know so my painting reflected that it just so I was wasting a lot of oil paint trying to achieve paintings that I just can't make because I haven't given it the proper time it's like trying to go and deadlift but you can't lift a dumbbell you know or uh, let's see about non weightlifting example is like I don't know I'm having writer's block you know what I mean man you can't you can't be at the top of the mountain before you start at the base and you can't just teleport to the top from the base you have to climb the damn thing so it's, you know, it's, it's nothing major, but for real, it's, it's, I really think a lot of people have this question because they think that there's a specific way to start learning how to do art. Or if you're an experienced artist that, oh, well, now I can't afford all the stuff I wanted, what I like to do. Well, now it's just a matter of 
you know, reshifting your priorities. How, what do I enjoy doing? What can I enjoy doing? And that'll get you a long way. I hope this has been useful, you know, here at Headway Palaver. Uh, we don't really have solutions. We don't have endpoints that we're necessarily getting to. We're just conversating. We're just having a good time. We're having some thoughts about things. And we're seeing that, we're seeing if what I say can maybe put some ideas in your mind that you can spread to others and hopefully back to me. Speaking of back to me, if you'd like to comment on anything I said, expound upon anything, have a conversation with me, potentially be on the podcast, please email me at headwaypalaver at gmail.com. I've never really done anything like this before, so forgiveness uh, is necessary if I'm a little uh, late to replies or, you know, anything like that. Um, But thank you for joining us. I am going to send us off with a little reading. Uh, We're going to read chapter 12 of the Zhao... We're going to read chapter 12 of the Tao Te Ching, just real fast. It's not very long. The five colors blind the eye. Five tones deafen the ear. Five flavors dull the taste. Racing and hunting madden the mind. Precious things lead one astray. Therefore, The sage is guided by what he feels and not by what she sees. They let go of that and chooses this. We're going to do that one more time with one more translation just to make sure we cover the minds properly. Colors blind the eye. Sounds deafen the ear. Flavors numb the taste. Thoughts weaken the mind. Desires wither the heart. The master observes the world, but trusts her inner vision. He allows things to come and go. Their heart is open as the sky. Thank you for floating down the river of consciousness with me today. As is the nature of a spherical planet, I'll be making my ways around again. And I hope that you join me in yet another conversation when I do. Stay safe out there. Have as much fun as possible. And remember, work that creativity. Don't make creativity a goal that is unattainable.